0: Sam Goodman, The Hot Nerd, coming to you from the sunny and the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona with another edition of The Hot Nerd Podcast. And today is super special because we have an awesome, an awesome guest on today. But before we dive into that stuff, head over to the website, www.thehotnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media at The Hot Nerd, except for Twitter. It is The Hot Nerd 1 because Twitter is super duper special. Make sure that you send me an email, thehotnerd at gmail.com, slide into the DMs, ask me your questions, let me know your thoughts, let me know who you'd like to see on this podcast. That conversation that we're having, that's my favorite part, and that's what keeps me doing this. I'm so thankful for you, all the comments, all the questions, keep them coming. So today, we have a gentleman on by the name of Steve Fuller. Uh, Steve comes from the nuclear industry, that's where I met Steve. Um, He's got a really unique perspective. He's a manager of people, so he's, he's been in safety leadership roles for quite a while. So he knows how to manage other safety professionals, and I think that's a really, really unique skill because we are very, very unique people, and we are not the easiest bunch to manage. Uh, we joke about that a little bit in the episode, but I'm not going to, uh, to hold you up. Let's dive right in. Here is Steve Fuller on the Hop Nerd Podcast we can joke as much as you want to good deal yeah so if you listen the more the more you listen to me the more you'll start to realize that i'm i try to keep it the opposite of dry right (laughs) that's good yeah that's good good yeah i like to. we we like to we like to keep it pretty fun around here man that's awesome all right sounds good brother all right man so what i'll what i'll start with is uh um We'll just go ahead and get started. So I just want to welcome everybody back to the Hot Nerd Podcast. And uh, we have a super special guest today, uh, an awesome safety professional and, and beyond safety professional, safety leader. Um, somebody that's that's used to leading other safety professionals, which is an insane task in and of itself. You talk about herding cats, that we're, we're definitely the definition of cats. Uh, and he's pretty good at that. So I wanted to have him on. He's a good friend of mine. And that is Steve Fuller. How are you doing today, Steve? I
1: am good, Sam. How are you, sir? Man, it's always a good day when I get to talk to you. So, um, oh man, I, I you know I wish you could see me. I'm blushing. <laughs> you know, it's and, you know, and, and Valentine's Day is not even here yet, but I'm feeling the love.
0: There, there you go. That's that's exactly what I'm going for. So, um, for those uh, uh, most of the folks out there don't know you, I know you really well. So why don't you uh, why don't you share with them some of some of who you are?
1: Well, oh, brother man I tell you, let me let me just jump from the beginning. Uh, I, I too come from those those deer mountains of uh, Southwest Virginia, and I've heard you talk on the podcast about uh, you know industry back where we're from is governed by mining and and I was so affected by mining the same as you were. And I think that's what geared me more in getting into the uh, environmental health and safety profession is the fact that i couldn't understand uh i went into the nuclear power uh industry fairly young and it was by by accident i made it over there i uh, was so blessed that i that i did make it but uh when i got over into nuclear power i started noticing that all the the guys you know you mentioned the word safety meeting or safety training and the guys were cringing and and it was just like a big turnoff, and I couldn't understand that because my my grandfather on my mother's side, of course, uh, my mother uh, was my grandmother was nine months pregnant with my mother when he was killed in World War II. Then my grandfather on my father's side was burned alive in a coal truck incident when my father was four years old, and then in 1977, my father, of course was in a mine accident and he was crushed uh, in, in a rock fall. So, you know, I look at that. I, I, my father lived, but he was never able to, it wasn't like a relationship to where he was able to throw ball, or he never was the, he was a good father, but he couldn't he, it's as simple as fishing. He wasn't able to do, uh, they didn't think he would live so when they patched him up it was just like patchwork his his the bones in his arms actually grew back crooked they didn't take the time to actually put him together correctly wow. cuz wow. they didn't think he would live so he couldn't even you know throw an overhand cast so a lot of, I saw him suffer you know and I heard him say time and time again that me my brother and my mother would probably have been better off if he hadn't have made it so mm-hmm. she would have remarried, and we could have had more of what he thought would have been a normal life. So uh, I went into the nuclear industry, and I saw these guys complaining about safety, safety meetings after safety meeting, and and just you know the, the 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 whole show that we get when we when we start talking about we got training coming up, and I and I thought to myself, wow, if my grandfather uh, had been forced back in the 40s to go through safety training and had it been forced to follow some federal regulations or if my father had have been forced to uh, take training and the company that he worked for was forced to look after his well-being. I, I wonder how my life would have been different if I could have went fishing with a grandfather or with a, with, with a father or if I could have thrown ball, you know. So, what right. really, really nudged at my heart, and it bothered me why why folks just was turned off by it, you know, just the mention of safety. So it really drove me to uh, go back to school and uh, come out of the craft and go into the safety profession. And my approach has always been a little bit differently uh, than than a lot of folks, uh, as far as the old school safety cop, I can't be. It's not me. Uh, the folks who report up to me, they they can't be, are <laughs> here. And we served by serving first. You know, if we serve our company well and we minimize exposure uh, to our company, what happens? It minimizes exposure to the people that work for our company. So, you know, it all right. works together in the grand scheme of things.
0: Right. And I heard something super interesting that I'll, <clears throat> I'll touch on is that Um, you're, you're amazing at connecting with people. I mean, and and I'll I'll just say that as far as whether that's, whether that's a frontline employee or um, a vice president, you you seem to just have this amazing skill of being able to find common ground to connect with people and and make people laugh and, and just, just uh, build that connection. And do you have any advice for folks out there that's, that might not be so great at that because believe it or not, there's a lot of safety folks out there that are kind of introverts, <laughs> you oh, know, <laughs>
1: of course, of course. Re- re- remember this safety, what a noble profession, what a noble profession. We are here to serve that that's, that's what we do. That's who we are. We serve. And and once we get that mindset, a race that you know, just because we got a title of EHS Manager, EHS Director, EHS VP, that don't mean nothing. What means everything is who we serve. Mm. And and today, Sam, if I go out to the field and, and I do a uh, do an audit, do an inspection, or go out just to meet some of the, the guys who's who's uh, uh, turning the wrench or or you know uh, doing the fit up. I go into the to the work site trailer before I leave, I'm going to sweep that floor, I'm going to take out the truck. I'm going to do something to show I'm I'm there to serve. Right. And I want to build trust to show, you know, the guys who's really got the hard job, it's the ones that's out there tonight when it's 28 degrees and the snow is whipping, and they're taking care of business, they're taking care of themselves, they're taking care of their family. Right. And the least, that I can do for those guys, that's trying to do the right thing is to do my part. And my part is to protect those people.
0: And and I think I think you hit something some really critical there, and and I think that's the part that a lot of folks forget, and I, I think you're pretty well in tune with it, is that those folks out there are trying to do the right stuff, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I
1: I have a hard time believing that anybody comes to work on any given day with the mindset, I am going to make a critical error today, or right, and I am that, going
0: to make a mistake. And I, I have to, I find myself sharing that over and over again, especially um, post-incident, post-injury, where you have to, you have to keep conveying that message that they were trying to do the right thing, and ultimately everything made perfect sense to that employee that was injured until all of a sudden it didn't. Right. And, Absolutely. And, and and that's that's such a critical point to me, that um, I, I and I think we're we're growing uh, a better understanding of that um, within the profession. But for so long, I, I think for so long, and it's it's still there in pockets, and especially in pockets about industry and here and there, and you know, companies are it's a little different here and there. But um, for so long, we we viewed folks getting injured as a choice, right? I mean, that's that's at least what it seemed like. Right.
1: Exactly. Uh, You're, you. You're exactly right, but but you know, Sam, I, I honestly believe that the mind, safety, and health, the, the folks who's on the MSHA side mm. figured it out before we did here on the the uh, occupational side, on the OSHA side. You know, uh, if you take a look, they, they have been more uh, focused uh, on a, uh, for lack of better terms, Moving forward in a manner of thinking that quits beating the employee for when the employee makes a mistake to finding out why the employee made that mistake and started lifting the blame off of the worker and putting it back to where it lies most of the time, and that's with
0: the management. What did we do? Right? Where did it, we fail. And even even deeper that you know most of what I find is even deeper, kind of deeper into the organization. Uh, it, itself a lot of times um, yeah that's that's super interesting I, I think you're right because that's what we find too is so much of of what we are really doing um, it's based on those pieces that trust that openness is that honesty thing uh, and if we're trying to beat the worker every time that there's an error I would say that that's probably the the biggest thing that that holds us back from actually learning and getting better is the fact that we punish people for making mistakes
1: Absolutely, it, it shuts doors, it closes minds, and it, it 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 shuts down communication.
0: Well, and, and it, how- it it even gets back to one of our general hot principles, and that's that's that reactions matter a, a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? The way management reacts to to the unexpected outcome matters a, a lot. And I always share it like this: is that that you know the first time, and you you kind of close your eyes and imagine back to to when you were a teenager, right? Um, I'm sure that was just a few years ago, right? Um, but you you close you close your eyes and you imagine back to that when you're bringing that um, that first significant other that boyfriend or girlfriend home whatever right mm-hmm. and, and 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 the reaction that your parents have dictates whether they'll ever meet the next one. That's exactly I, right, And, that's and exactly that's, right. That's the exact same um, kind of dance that we have with others in our organization with their with their folks in the organization. If if we ask them to tell us about the bad stuff. Um, or the not so good stuff, or the unexpected stuff, so we can learn from it. But then, as soon as they do, we freak out, skies falling, or beat them. They're going to say, "I'm not doing that again." <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh,
1: you know, case in point. Uh, let's say we have a recordable event. Uh, we manage the case, okay? The case is managed. We're we're following up with a, or a. Uh, of course we're, we're, we're performing a strong investigation whether it be root cause or, or whatever level we decide to take uh, we go to that employee and we ask for an honest honest statement we want an honest answer the employee gives us to the best of their ability honesty and you know historically we we have you know slapped their hands for being honest so so really what's in it for him for for being honest you know so I believe we've got to go into each situation with you know uh, we, we've got to clear our minds, we've got to be open and we've got to be open to the fact that sometimes that it's our process and it's something that I've put into place or something that I've grown uh, and nurtured is the problem. And that's hard to do sometimes, but with but with the new generation and the new way of thinking, I think we're finally you know stepping outside of those bounds of saying that you know uh, you, you know the traditional human performance uh, we we lived and breathed that in the nuclear industry. Well, now, what do you feel the next step? I mean, where do you sit it's, I, this this is going to be a two- way interview, I feel, because I' get the privilege <laughs> of talking to you, getting your insight. I feel like that the guys that's a little older my age, I'm at risk of being set in my ways at this point. And I need to I need to, you know, all the guys my age and older, and I'm just saying I don't know how much how much older you could be, but you know, my fathusla comes to mind, but we need to we need to come off of our pride and listen to to you guys that that's got this understanding such as we had the understanding 25 years ago
0: well and i think that's yeah that's that's super interesting and i I think you're i think you're making yourself sound a whole lot older than what you actually are you're you're only about 22 23 right yeah (laughs) thank you sam (laughs) but (laughs) you know chris christmas has already passed but i'm (laughs) I'm making a list for next year (laughs) well that that was that was your valentine's day present oh thank you thank you but but no so I think it is super so my my perspective is this um, is is I think w- number 1 is that we're standing on the shoulders of giants right I think I think we're we're evolving um, and I think that's the best way to kind of look at it is that we we learned and and we're continuing to learn and we're continuing to get better and I think state safety um, has gotten kind of static right for the past 15 20 years or so It has. And I I think it it's has. I think it's what we're doing now isn't really trying to put down the past, but it's trying to continue that evolution of betterment, right? We're right. constantly trying to get better. And the one way that, you know, we do have some kind of hangover or negative side effects from some of the more traditional styles of safety, um, obviously getting into some of the trust things and some of the other things that we we're just talking about that it it degraded some of that, or at least some of the application did. Um, but just as a perfect example, as we're talking about uh, uh, incident investigation, or kind of in air circles, we we've even almost kind of scrapped that term and started just calling it operational learning. Right, um, right. Uh, well, just just and- kind of touching into that uh, that kind of that warm fuzzy squishy stuff. It sounds a little 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 safer for folks, you know. But it's it's an interesting concept because think about this. I mean, post uh, post event, um, one of the more recent ones that I was involved with, we we did what you call a learning team. Right. For those folks out there, most of my audience is pretty familiar with it, but some folks out there are not. But you actually involve the person that had the event in what we we formerly called investigation. So they're never really technically interviewed. They're part of the team as to figuring out how we make it, how we fix it or how we make it better. And that's to me that creates a massive amount of accountability because it's almost like you broke it, you fix it type of culture. So it's kind of cool, you know, so it's, it's pretty right, cool yeah. to see some of this stuff starting to happen and seeing that evolution um, almost to the point to where we're starting to, you know, I, I would predict it's kind of more forward thinking organizations that we'll be probably completely away from even root cause probably in the next few years.
1: I well, see. That's awesome. And, and I, I am, I, I am trusting Great professionals, young professionals such as yourself, to keep uh, us older guys that uh, uh, have put ourselves more in the box. Uh, Of of course, we've in our profession we've got to stay open-minded, but but you know we got to hand this off to you guys to keep us in check now, to keep us in a forward-thinking mode, and and to uh, to progress farther. You 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 have the opportunity to build upon the things that I built on, which I took from uh, great folks like poolin and and people you know that we've worked with in the past and but but it's this 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 new process and this new way of thinking. I'm so excited that the more I'm learning. And when I say I've been put in a box, I've put myself in the box. Uh, we we've, we we've fall into a lot of traps being professionals ourselves. we find. A, a certain amount of success doing things a certain way. and uh, just like anyone else, it's hard to come out of that uh, uh, that cradle that you're in. It's that warm, fuzzy place. Why do I need to step
0: out and do things differently when I've been successful this way? right. and and, and, uh, and, and just as just as with organizations, I mean individuals like I said, that's it, right. it, there's a lot of ton there's a ton of time that's to put into a lot of that stuff and a lot of thought. And so there's a lot of sunk cost, right? Where we're like, I don't know, I've invested 15 years into doing it that way. That's hard to, that's hard to let go of. Right? Right. That's <laughs> a hard, that's a hard sell for me, right? And right. and that's that's what we find. Um, that's what we find with most organizations, uh, is that there's there's a couple things that they're really hard. There's really some some heavy hitters that they that they don't really like to let go of. But when they do, that's when they have that paradigm shift. You know? Right and the Indeed. first one, the first one there's, there's like sacred cows right there's there's some sacred cows the first one is that is that stinking safety pyramid thing right mm-hmm. is 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 that because we what we found is that, that we there's so there's like a ge- whole generation of leaders um, i don't i don't just mean in safety i just mean leaders right some some amazing leaders that have operated under this philosophy that they thought that if they could just manage little things they'd never have to worry about big stuff but then big stuff still happened and then they wondered why and how and because the indicators weren't there. Right. Right. Because 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 we took care of all the little stuff. Right. So what right. they started, what what that's one one of those big learnings, you know, that most organizations are going through is that is that they're starting to realize that those little things don't really predict the big catastrophic stuff. You know, that's that's where you get those big events out of left field. And you're like, how could we not see that one coming? You know, but the, right. other, the other one is around that notion of of um, all all accidents are preventable. Mm-hmm. And and you you want to you want to talk about um having folks look at you like you have an arm growing out of your head <laughs> when, when you sit in the room as a as a as a safety person and you tell someone that listen all accidents are not preventable they they look at you like you have two heads <laughs> right well
1: you know I've been approaching it this way uh, you know trying to stress the difference between an incident and an accident you know there is a difference and. We, we usually fall, I- anything that happens or anything uh, that goes wrong, we've always stood it in that accident category when accidents are, pre- are uh, something that's non-preventable and the incidents are preventable. So I've, I've been trying to make that shift with folks. I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult being an EHS professional. When you, when you see a direction that you need to take an organization And if you think hurting EHS professionals is hard, try management teams that weren't really on board with what you're doing to start with. And now you see a new shift that you want to take, you know, a a new direction. Now you're taking them off of what you just barely have gotten them sold on and trying to shift them over to something new from that. So it's, 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 there it's real struggles there. And, and I'm very thankful that we've got, you know, we've got the, this young generation, the Sam Goodmans the, out there that, that's, that's leading the charge. And, and I'm very thankful for that, Sam.
0: Well, no, no, for sure. I don't well, thank you, man. It's, it's, um it's interesting because I, I think you really got into something there. That's true. I mean, it's, it's super scary, for high-level leaders or owners of these organizations, right? Yes,
2: it's, it it's is.
0: super scary, and we see that even down into processes that manifest out in the field. It's like, well, why, you know, why can't we get rid of this form? Right? right? It's it's a check sheet of some kind, right? I will just make up some magical check sheet that exists in some some made-up organization, you know? Right. Um, but they, they yeah. just refuse because they feel like if they let go of it, it's going to be anarchy. Right. Like, exactly. but that but I'm like, it takes some time and it takes some coaxing and it takes some handholding, you know, and it takes some sitting down, getting a cup of coffee and, and talking just person to person. But eventually it's, you get them past that kind of stuff. And again, once, once, once you really do, that's when you really start to see that shift, I feel, you know, you, most, most, most organizations have the same problem in and around safety management systems in particular. And it's that they have this kind of saying, it's an unspoken rule that you can always add to, but you can never take away never take away. And what happens as as we're very well painfully aware of and especially our folks at the coalface or folks at the pointy end of the stick are super well aware of is that it gets so bloated that it's unusable. That's right. Right? And and because and, and, I I've, I've had these I've tried these conversations with with frontline folks, pointy end folks and I'm like, "Listen, j- just as kind of a primer for a conversation. Say, listen, Tell me what rules you want to get rid of. You want to want to get rid of all of them. We'll get rid of all of them. And most of those frontline folks go. Wait, hold on. No, stop. <laughs> right, right. We right. like rules. We like rules. We just want the right rules that make sense.
1: And, and that's the that's the key. That's the key to it. All the rules that make sense. And, and that's and, and, and well, and sometimes we think. We get this mindset, Sam, that there's a one set of standards or one policy, one set of policies. There's the mm. no one size fits all, and, and there's not.
0: There's Wouldn't it be nice not. if it was that easy?
1: Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> Wouldn't it, though? You know, and, and come that's, on down. <laughs> that's, that's, that's where we start. we start to see stuff coming out that have almost flexible procedures or living procedures, right? We start to see this stuff starting to change moving away from being so rigid right. to allowing for that frontline employee who has uh, most companies pay those frontline craftspeople well because they're a wealth of knowledge, right? And, and it's, it's getting, giving them the autonomy to make some of those decisions because they are the subject matter expert at that stuff. That's and, it. And so what we see, where what, what I see a lot of the rules kind of starting to go to in most companies is away from being so prescriptive And more performance based.
1: Absolutely, that makes makes perfect sense because it 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 does seem very redundant that we would trust a frontline employee to run a half a million dollar piece of machinery, and then that same employee we would step back and say we don't trust enough to make a simple decision on the on the right the safety culture in.
0: Right. And, and it's it's something that it's something that that, that folks most of us, and, and I hope and I, I hope most of us are very well very well in tune with is that, look, and but most organizations have kind of went the opposite way where they say, employee John Doe that's running that you know million dollar piece of equipment. I know you know everything about that piece of equipment, but I don't trust you enough to let you write the procedure for it. so I'm going to go give it to to a Sam Goodman. A safety person that has no clue how to do it and, and tell them to write it.
1: That's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, right. That's no uh, right. But you've got you've got that uh, EHS; those uh, initials <laughs> attached to your name. So that's the you know, right, right. Uh,
0: and and that, I, that's that's part of that shift. You know, kind of changing, really changing. Our, our our it's a really it's a it's a change in values in most organizations. It's really shifting the way that the management model works. Right you know moving away from kind of kind of accountability up right and and top down direction to really kind of responsibility down from the top and really asking employees what do you need and and when it comes to writing procedures or rules you know asking those folks that, that do that task on that million dollar piece of equipment uh, or really anything else in here help me write the rules you tell me what the procedure should be because they know they they hold all the magic you know that's all the magic is right there of course, and and I agree one hundred percent. I agree one hundred percent. It's super interesting to to see that. I'm I'm sure it's 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 awesome to hear uh, your take on that. Getting to see kind of that 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 kind of shift, you know, in a in a little bit longer of a space. You know, I'm 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 not a I'm not a young man by any means anymore. Even though you keep calling me one. When you,
1: <laughs> when you get my age, you're a young man. Trust me, you'll be my age at some point. I hope I'm still around where I can call you up and go, Sam. It's that dude, a young man, and you're gonna look at me and go, "Yeah, it's a young man. He's well, 30. I got,
0: I've got gray hair, my friend. I think I can count it as old, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me. Uh, we we've been kind of down the hop rabbit hole there a little bit, which is awesome. I think that's really cool. Um, that's obviously what what you know. I'm a nerd for. Um, but let me let me ask you this one: um, For any folks out there that's that's uh, aspiring to get into this crazy profession, uh, or aspiring to get into safety or human performance or something similar, um, what advice would you give them?
1: To simply this, mean it from your heart. Uh, mm-hmm. Sam, you know sometimes. For what we deal with day in and day out, Uh, not only the hours, uh, but some of the struggles we find with management, some of the struggles we have with with individuals and employees. Uh, The pay scale don't always match what we feel like we put in in a day's time. But there's a reason behind these procedures. There's a reason behind the procedures. Approach, policies, procedures, uh, whether it be human performance, or just, just straight out the occupational. Uh, satisfy the purpose in your heart. Satisfy mm. the purpose in your heart for these policies and procedures. The rest will work out in, in, with you being a professional. And Don't go in it with uh, you know uh, the visions of grandeur of being the safety guy because, you know, there's, there's what 300 employees on site and only two, three of them safety folks. And you're one of the few, mm-hmm. you know, go into it with, with the attitude of, you know, not every day is a win, uh, unfortunately, but the, my most happiest thought is the fact that I will never know my biggest wins. Cause that I, means end of the day, somebody's getting up tomorrow morning and hopefully they're going to take their son or daughter outside and go fishing or play a little ball uh, yeah that's the whole that's the, that's that's just my purpose is to really uh to, to help as many of those folks with families uh have a productive family life
0: that's awesome. and you know, I uh, you know my feelings around that is, is super similar. and oh, yes. for, for for me, I've kind of wrapped that up into kind of this this one common phrase that I've been using in and around the podcast too, and that's to make the world a better place to work right yes. and, and, and that's a huge part of it and and that's what I'm that's usually what I share with folks too. Um, in addition to some kind of basic key elements, right? You gotta you gotta have a hard or a strong ethical backbone. You gotta have a couple couple pieces there that just just general professionalism pieces. But you're exactly right. Doing it for the right reasons, keeping it, you know, staying in it for the right reasons because you're definitely not gonna get rich doing it. It's not a it's not a thing for the money. Um, no. <laughs> but 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 setting out to uh, setting out to make the world a better place to work is a is a very very noble goal. And I think safety professionals around the world. Um, impact that kind of overarching statement in a various you know various different ways. That's um, so. right. No, awesome. Um, any uh, uh, any well, I don't want to say final words, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah let's know so, I'm not checked out yet. I, I, I've been joking a lot about being old.
1: I'm not really that old. so, so yeah, I just want to uh, leave you with these thoughts. Man, live every day and just live your life with a smile and be happy. It's the only one we've got. Uh, We all have our independent struggles. Uh, You know, why not reach over and pat the next fella or lady that's beside you on the back and never hurts to say, you know, hey, thinking about you, I care about you, have a good day. If I can help you in any way, let me know and be sincere about it. Make the world a little bit uh, easier to get up to in the morning
0: that's awesome that's that's uh that's words of wisdom if i have uh, if i've ever heard any that's for sure um let me uh let me let's let's end with this and is uh how can people get a hold of you if anybody wants to if anybody wants to get to know the one and only steve fuller moore oh my how, lord how, well, how can they get a hold of you how how can they email you well the
1: site's down right now at the eight by ten glossies autograph but he'll be
0: back <laughs> up soon <laughs> no
1: uh my, my i'm gonna give you my uh, personal email account is steve fuller all over case s-t-e-v is in victor e fuller f-u-l-l-e-r 71 steve fuller 71 at gmail.com gotcha. i'd love to hear from folks
0: yeah if you if you've got any questions for steve if you want to want to link up with steve make sure you send him an email you can you can get a hold of him through uh through me as well if you got any questions for steve or i we, we can I think I think we'll probably have Steve back on at some point, so it'd be awesome to do a do a little two person Q and think maybe in the future, it would be awesome. And, and they everybody got to hear your nuclear come out in your phonetic alphabet as you were. You were. Oh, prepare, prepare to be
1: dazzled. That's all <laughs> I
0: can say. Yeah. <laughs> well, good deal, my friend. That's uh, that's all we got. So until next time. So what do you think? Steve Fuller's pretty cool, huh? So I thought that was a great conversation. I'm working on becoming a better interviewer. I'm not quite there yet. I get it. I'm sorry. This is not my normal thing. This is not my day job, right? So it'll get better, I promise. Um, But... What do you think? Like it, love it, hate it, got to have more of it type of stuff. Don't forget let me know who you'd like to see on next. I'm going to try to do these about once a month, I think. Have a have an interview about once a month, have some guests on about once a month. So, um, <clears throat> until next time, make sure you check out the website www.thehopnerd.com. Follow along LinkedIn, Twitter, all that kind of fun stuff at the hop nerd. Twitter special right the hop nerd one. Um, but until next time, bye everybody. Bye. <laughs>
2: Wow, how things can change from one week to the next.